Hello and welcome. My name's Dr Joanna Bucknell and you are listening to episode 29 of Talking About Immersive Theatre or Tate for short, which is T-A-I-T, just so that there's no confusion. This episode is actually all about venues and so I'm talking to a few people that I have spoken to before but with a slightly different focus. I am not going to make all the introductions here because as the episode begins I make all the introductions there so without any further ado I'm going to let you get your teeth into it. So uh, I am here at a brand new venue which is called Enter which is very exciting and um, the sort of uh, founder of the venue isn't with us at the moment but they will be joining us very shortly which is Joe Ball so hopefully he'll be arriving and can uh, tell us about his wonderful venue but I also have here with me uh, Owen Kingston and Bertie Watkins who um, listeners who listen regularly will know because I've spoken to them on many different occasions but today I wanted to talk very specifically about venues and about space um, because Owen has just launched Crypt, which is a new immersive kind of hub. And also, Bertie, you launched the tavern just before <laughs> COVID and the lockdown. So in some ways, it's a sort of reopening up of, of the tavern. And I wanted to just talk a little bit about those different venues, sort of how they came about, um, how they got started, uh, your mission, your hope for the future. I'll come back to these questions, don't worry. <laughs> There's a lot to throw at you. And then just sort of thinking about the broader sort of nature of, of immersive spaces and sustainability and, and sort of questions that sit around that, really. Um, I just have to mention as well that the space that we're sat in is really, we've just had the most incredible coffee. So if you're in Bethnal Green and you want a good coffee, come down to enter because it is lovely coffee. But we're also surrounded by some lovely bums as well on the walls. <laughs> There's these incredible pictures here and I'm sure Joe will talk about them more when he comes. And there is also the Vagina Museum in the building as well. So again, we will come back to talking about vaginas in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, and if I can come to you first, because Crypt has literally, is it this week? Yeah, it was yesterday, it was last night. Opened the, the door. So yeah. tell us about Crypt. What is Crypt? Uh, it's, just, it's a small venue. Um, the, uh, to give you the little bit of the backstory, um, we had a huge storage site in Croydon, uh, which we got just before the pandemic, where we were stashing everything that we have, uh, which is, seems to grow week on week, really. I mean, quite a hoarder, so like, mm -hmm. not only is all our set and everything else, but any, anything that's going for free that might vaguely be useful for a show at some point <laughs> in the future has ended up there. Um, <laughs> and we, we thought during the pandemic, or I thought, you know, it was a meanwhile use space, and they could have reclaimed it with a couple of weeks' notice at any time. I thought, nobody's going to want to do anything with that building during the pandemic. We should be fine till the end of the pandemic. And then late 2020... Right after I'd got COVID, I got an email saying, uh, you've got a couple of weeks and then you've got to be out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had a bit of a, a panic really about what to do. Um, but by that point, I'd already had a look at, at, at the crypts. It's, it's underneath a, a church, an Anglican church that is still in operation. It's St. Peter's Bethnal Green. And um, the, we, we found it because somebody worked with the company regularly. Uh, her mum is the vicar of the church. So there was a sort of a, uh, a personal yeah. connection uh -huh. there. And, um, and so the, this, this, uh, this crypt had previously been rented from the church by an organ 
manufacturing company. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> There's a company that made organ parts for pipe organs, and they'd gone bust during the pandemic, so they were, they'd moved everything out, and so they, the church suddenly had this empty space, and their finances were reliant upon some income from it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'd seen a picture of this thing, and I thought, that looks incredible. I'd love to do shows down there. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Went and had a chat to the vicar. Who, she was a warm contact, because her daughter was someone we knew well anyway, and she'd seen our shows, so she knew us. And uh, the church was kind of open to the idea of having a venue down there. But obviously this was the middle of COVID, it was 2020. So we were like, well, we wouldn't be able to do anything for, well, until COVID's pretty much over. Yeah. Uh, or at least until things return to some semblance of normality. But we did need someone to stash everything. Yeah. And so having had those conversations already about maybe we can open a venue there at some point, I rang her up and said, look, we need to move everything out of this place we're in. Can we come and put it in the crypt? And she said, absolutely no problem. So we, we were able to move our storage stuff there mm-hmm. and then have worked with the, the church to figure out how to turn that space into a venue that isn't going to disrupt, disrupt their normal activities too much, but at the same time it lets us do what we want to do yeah. and have the freedom to sort of you know, run, run shows down there the way we would want to. And it's all worked out pretty good, which is nice. It's taken about a year, though, to uh-huh. maybe a bit more to, to go from that point to, to being okay. And there'd be a few times where I've been like, oh, is this actually going to happen? I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, I think it's, you know, when you've got people on side who want it to happen, yeah. as well, like when your landlord is essentially on board with it, that makes it possible, really. Yeah. Um, and they've been really supportive. And, and so what's been the biggest challenges of getting that space from being a kind of storage space yeah. into being somewhere you can receive audiences oh crap. <laughs> uh, yeah all the sort of like all of the the, the health and safety and and mm-hmm. council related things that you've got to do basically i think that's the yeah. the um the biggest thing making sure you're creating a space that's not going to kill or injure people and <laughs> the council are happy for you to operate down there and we'll give you a premises license and all that. I think that, that's been the, the biggest, that's been the biggest load of work. Really. Mm-hmm. That and actually just physically altering it because uh, it was just basically an empty shell down yep. there and um, uh, with a load of stuff left there that the organ manufacturing company had left behind and got all of these useless bits of wood that have been very precision engineered to do something with organ parts. I don't know what. Um. Apparently the wood's very valuable, but I don't know who's going to want it. So if you're listening to this and you manufacture pipe organs, then we might be able to help you out. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, uh, I think that kind of stuff. And also just sort of, um, it's obviously, you know, we're we're an immersive theatre company and we want to make good immersive theatre we want to be a host to other companies mm-hmm. the church have got all of their stuff going on and we don't want to get in their way but also they can't can't have it that they're getting particularly in our way we have to balance that out so yeah. those kind of negotiations of whilst it's always it's been a very receptive and friendly friendly environment to negotiate in and nice people to negotiate with you've still got to make sure you address all of the potential possible problems in advance if you can because otherwise yes. something will come up and then you've got a problem that you're dealing with in less than ideal circumstances so mm-hmm. that process we've just taken our time over to try and make sure and is it in a residential area it is yes uh we've got the advantage of it being underground and being on its own kind of the church is on its own sort of island mm-hmm. in the middle of a, a residential area so we're actually ah, quite some okay. distance from the residential yeah. buildings 
um, which is good, as I think it probably wouldn't be possible otherwise. Yeah. But being underground, it swallows up the noise really very well, so mm-hmm. we can we can be quite loud down there, and you just can't hear it on the street. Which is well, churches are usually fairly well built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing survived the war, so it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's interesting is the the crypt was used as a an air raid shelter during during wartime. Oh as well. wow! Yeah. So there's that connection, yeah. to the, especially to parabolics. Yeah, well, which with all the our wartime things that we've done. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's got it's got the right kind of vibe for some of our shows. Um, basements, basements yeah. where all the good stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. But also not excluding that. If I want to, I want to come to you um, for a little while and just talk about <laughs> the tavern. So, is Colab Factory still up and running, or is that now it sort of dormant is, and the it's tavern dormant? Um, <laughs> it is probably going to be going, um, but there may be some developments happening with that. Um, do you still have uh, the building? Potentially, I can't say. Sorry. Okay, to, uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's that fine. Um, but uh, what capacity are you at the grid? Fifty. Fifty. Great. Yeah, that's good. Um, what do you want to know about the tavern? So tell us what is the tavern? <laughs> so the, the tavern is literally. Oh, the tavern again? Yes. Yeah, a it's tavern. A small, isn't it, it is. Yeah, it's an old pub um, built apparently in the late eighteen hundreds, which I thought recently found out which is quite nice way older than I thought it would be yeah. um, uh, and it is a tavern we sort of stripped it back a bit it was it was a uh, panda bar it was called the panda bar so mm-hmm. it's had a sort of um, uh, Thai kind of uh, mm-hmm. cocktail sort of place <laughs> uh, but it didn't do too well because um, it wasn't the most it was a bit of a weird space um, and then it became a naked dining experience, which we found out after we got it as well. Oh. Uh, it's quite fun. Where Can be picking that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? The naked dining. Um, and they literally just get naked and eat. It's not like a oh, not fetish. Oh, not off each other. Yeah, then. I thought it would be like they eat oh. from on each other or something. Yeah, that's what I like thought. Like the, the sushi, st- but it's not. It's just... Oh, just, just eat eating naked. naked. Yeah, and it's not the dark one either. There's that one that's all in darkness. Yes. So it's all like touchy, yeah, sensual yeah. stuff. None of that. Just, just literally. Just turn up in your clothes, dinner. get changed, get in a toweling robe, come out, take off the toweling robe, eat a three course meal naked, and then leave. <laughs> it's like, all right. You see that terrifies me because I'm quite messy. I always yeah, end exactly. up throwing food like, on myself. Like, what if you don't want gravy on you? It is. No. Quite... <laughs> but I'm yeah, assuming that's wild. not what you're doing. I mean, doing why would anyone come to any of us? Yeah, it's everything for everyone. Um, so we haven't taken that up, although uh, apparently it was successful. So well, maybe uh, maybe it could be a club night, like once yeah, a month or something. A little naked club night, it would be quite yeah. fun. Um, do you need special licences for that? Yeah, you do. Adult entertainment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> apparently if it's moving, if it's not moving, that's the funny thing. Oh yeah, there's weird so Victorian... Do, have you seen the ones where they just spin yes, around in the yeah. windows? Because um, then it's art if it's not moving, which I find hilarious. <laughs> but if you're eating, um, yeah. That's but if you're moving, eating, it's like so oh, it's you, yeah, you have to sort of <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we sort of looked up the history of that space as well, um, uh, and sort of absorbed it quite well. And what's really fantastic about the space is that it's actually quite a perfect sort of performance arena because you've got like a central GME stage managery bit that mm-hmm. where the bar is because it's one of those oval bars and then like rooms that come off each yeah each of the central sort of post um so it really lends itself to immersive stuff um 
And you have basement spaces and too, don't you? And you've got a lovely big old basement mm. which extends out the whole thing, which is lovely, so it kind of doubles the space. And it's one of those spaces in the basement where you go down and you're like, oh, it's really big, it's mm. great, and it does look... I was surprised when I downstairs yeah, how it's a bit big like, wow, the basement it's is, is. Yeah, it's big. huge. Mm. Um, so it's quite a nice, lovely venue, and it's um, we did Crooks in there for the first two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of Covid, I don't know how long we would have ran Crooks. Um, as long as people come, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It's more, um, well, to be honest, we, people were still coming, we just got a bit tired of doing it, to be perfectly uh-huh. honest, which was a stupid idea. I was chatting to like a producer, producer, and they were like, why are you shutting it? And I was like, we're bored. And he was like, but it's still... People are still coming. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 it's different though, isn't it? Because in, in the factory, you could have kept crooks going and yeah, done something and done different to keep it fresh. This is the thing. Like, we've had this in the past. We've yeah. shut shows when we had loads of life left in them just because yeah. we were a bit bored of doing it. Or we wanted to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a stupid move sometimes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're in it to make stuff. Exactly. Right? And it is well, a bit like, it gets to the point where and if everyone's starting to feel a bit you can sort of sense the energy after a while it's a, it's a little bit yeah. tired and it feels tired as a show and when you go and see it and it's like when it gets to that point I think it is time to sort of otherwise you're just sort of slapping this horse well it's like with Gatsby you could yeah. probably have that as a, like a permanent oh, fixture yeah, and that, that yeah. would just people would just come and come and yeah, come and come yeah. I think but it, it's and you probably could with Crooks but it does yeah. just sort of lose an energy mm. after a long period of time uh-huh. Unless you sort of rehash it um, and move it, I think Gatsby was right to move because yeah. it definitely gave it a bit of life and it. Yeah. Like, it looked incredible. Boost, like, the space is incredible. Do you so think there's a sort of future potentially in having sort of some of those shows that are sort of such wide appeal and so popular? Mm sort of running in a sort of almost like West End model so that you can have different cars yeah, if you could get sp- spaces, isn't it? It's spaces yeah. in the right kind of area. Yeah. yeah. You know, and. And also being set up for that. I think mm. that's where Hartsall and Hook have got, got the jump on mm. smaller companies like ours because yeah. they come from the West End musical. So they have that infrastructure. So they're used to that. That's how yeah. they think. And, yeah. you know, that's new territory for me, certainly. Yeah, and, exactly. like, I, you know, we, we're working with quite small teams, yeah. which mm. are, you know, a bunch of quality people who work well together, and that mm. makes good work yes. but it, it doesn't make for sustaining a yeah. single show over a long period of time and so making the leap from that model to a model where you've got a bit more infrastructure more people available mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also preserving the level of quality that's that's quite hard to, yeah. to do yeah. and scaling as well is yeah. that kind of because I was like we could have scaled Crooks to be almost double the audience yeah. I think in the pub still but it's getting to that model after you've done 40. Mm. Yes. And it's quite a weird, because then you can't afford, like it would be lovely to grow the team and get more infrastructure in, but if you're only getting 40 people in a night, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't that. do you that. Can't. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just it. a, yeah, yeah. And if, if it was a normal sit-down venue, it would be like a tiny black box kind of thing that usually has like a box office manager and a artistic director. And yes, team. exactly. Um, uh, so it's really that difficult thing of like scale, scaling with venues uh, and being able to find, because a lot of immersive stuff, they find huge, for like the factory was massive, yeah. for the company it was tiny, so yeah. it's that lovely sort of thing that you've got this massive playground to play with, which is a really rare thing to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same with this kind of thing. like Exit, Yeah, this is incredible, huge. there's so yeah, many it's different so spaces, it's, it's huge. It's that kind of thing and we're used to that, <clears> which is quite good, and I don't know if it's going to continue, because uh, I feel like a lot of... 
I'm not sure if you've noticed, but a lot of estate agents are starting to uh, get wise to it. Are they getting Catch wise on. to it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask about that. Down the road, um, uh, so that bell curve is getting really annoying. Um, uh, but that's what I think, and that's also when they get the jump on it because it is that kind of they've already got that sort of infrastructure in place, and then they can mm-hmm. sort of run a smaller scale model, which is obviously a much easier way of doing it than trying to upscale your model. Um, but you have slightly less precarity, don't you, in the tavern than you have with the factory because yes. you've signed yeah. a kind of it's a five year a five year contract. Whereas with yeah, the factory, yeah. it was always a case of is it is it is it oh yeah, yeah no for, for like four years. Factory precarity makes it very difficult to build grassroots yes audience and sustainability. So in terms of the crypt, is is there precarity there, or do you have a kind of? It's not really. I mean, we we've got. So where it is at the moment, I think the, the, we're still testing. We've basically mm-hmm. given it a year to yeah. see whether it works for us yeah. and to see whether the church, it works for the church. At the moment, it's looking like it will. I think if we get to the end of that year and one or both parties feel like, okay, well, that was good, but maybe we don't want to keep going, mm-hmm. then we've got the opportunity to pull the plug on it. But there is yes. also very much the opportunity there to sign up for longer term. Yeah. And so okay. we're working on that with them at the moment and figuring out what that would, would look like. Yeah. So I think we'll know about six months in we'll probably have a good enough idea of whether it works well enough mm-hmm. for us as to whether or not we want to continue and I imagine the church will be in the same place mm-hmm. at which point then we will look at signing up for a longer stint. And if we don't I think you know we will have still done something good yeah. and I think you know learned a lot from doing it as well because mm-hmm. we, you know, Parabolic has not had a, its own venue before mm-hmm. so it's nice to, to well, it'll be nice to have, have done home. that <laughs> yeah um, and you know we may well then move that on somewhere else or, or I don't know we'll see it's all, it's all a little bit yeah. but we've certainly yeah. got enough programming stuff we've got enough shows programmed to, to be able to take us through Christmas if we want um, which is really nice so and I think that's what's wicked about the crypt. Yeah. Is that because that will probably be the first ever, I mean, everyone's the first ever. Yeah, yeah. But long term, sort of immersive venue is yes. something, it's something that we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Let's go for, and then I think it's lovely if the crypt gone. Yeah. Yes, so it would be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. trying to find that because that's what I was going to talk about is um, everything till now has been very pop up. There's been a lot of yeah. precarity to it. It's kind of just getting into different spaces and using kind of what you can get access to for as long as you could possibly get access to it. And I yeah. think mm-hmm. it would be really nice to, to start to have these sort of hubs and consolidate sort of some of... Mm-hmm. So you can build grassroots audiences, audiences yeah. so you can then start to reach out to yeah. new audiences. So both of your venues are in um, sort of residential areas. And I guess maybe it's too soon to probably ask you this, but are you finding people are finding their way to you okay? And kind of because I know that yeah, some people, yeah. that they come from a much more traditional theatre background, get a bit scared when it's not a kind of recognisable mm, yeah, kind yeah. of theatre area or like a theatre place. Mm. Um, and so, are you finding people are making? I think more so because it's more exciting. I think the yeah. people booking this kind of stuff. Yeah, they want an adventure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's sort of the first adventure is getting lost on the <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the people thing. on Google yeah. Maps with the wide thing going mm-hmm. um, trying to find the space. I think it's more the problem of the residents being pissed Whether off. Whether or not that the you're making a what you're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's people issue. wandering around going, is it here? Is it here? Yeah, is yeah, this yeah. an actual yeah. space here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we we, so we only opened last night. So we we one of the things we were doing. I was standing outside with with Chris, who's also put the venue together. With us, and 
looking at it and thinking, is this obvious enough? Does it need another sign? Does it, you know, like, if I was walking past, would I miss would it? I know? Probably, you know. Well, the thing is, like, um, I went yeah. to see Third Rail uh, Projects, um, their Alice Benji Fell show, mm. which was in Brooklyn, mm. in like a little, well, I say little, an enormous church. Mm just kind of in the middle of a residential area in Brooklyn, there was no signage oh, yeah. at all. The show didn't yeah. start till 10 o'clock at night. Oh gosh. So I was actually, and I'm quite intrepid as a kind mm. of audience person, but I wandered around because I went early because I was like, mm. I want to make sure I can find it. Mm. It's only because I saw, I just happened to be going past as a door opened and there was someone in a costume and I was like, it must be there, <laughs> it must be there. Yeah, and I've been yeah. work, walking around for about an hour Where just in Brooklyn on my own oh, at 10 gosh. o'clock at night going, oh, God. if I don't find it soon, I am going to have to leave because oh, I yeah. don't feel safe. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> and it is a shame. It is but that, you know, like that, that has is had quite... thousands of audience yeah. mm-hmm. through it, and people have gone and they found it, and they, yeah. they sort of and there's no signage at all. So I yeah. think it is. It's right, all about who you're appealing to. I yeah. think. you know, yeah. your, your yeah. average sort of West End musical goer might not put in that much effort, but they're going for something very different. Yeah, and yeah. the people who want a want a bit of an adventure. Well, well and annoyingly, there's down. laws about bloody putting signs up as well. We Are we there? had to take ours, and our lease had cannot put signs up. So wow. we had to get an additional like agreement on top of the lease. Because you've painted it, because the outside on. looks fabulous, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, that sort of stuff. And then the council it. got in touch and were like, you need a licence to put that sign up as well. And we're like, oh, There's so much stuff that goes into every single little, yeah. The bureaucracy, then, this is England, isn't it? Yeah. The bureaucracy is what we love it. Has uh, joined us. Hello, Joe. With uh, a lovely coffee. We were talking about the coffee earlier. It's so coffee. Just saying, if you want great yeah, coffee, really come to down enter. to enter. Get to enter now. <laughs> very good. So, um, this is Joe Ball for, for people listening, who is from Exit Productions. But the venue that we are currently sat in is called Enter. See what you did there. See what I did there. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. Love super. a self-reference. Love <laughs> a self-reference. Now I have spoken to Owen and Bertie on the podcast numerous times and for various other projects lots and lots of times, but I haven't spoken to you before. No, no. So I wondered if you wanted to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and Exit Productions, and then we can talk about this wonderful bum-filled space. Bum-filled space. I love it. <laughs> so many good butts. <laughs> Apart from Peter's stupid butt, <laughs> staring at me every day, which makes me furious. I like the f- is it a fox or a it's a cat? It's a cat. It? It's his parents' foxy. cat from home. Oh. But a very foxy looking cat. Anyway, uh, enough about Peter. <laughs> stupid man. Uh, yeah, I uh, got into immersive theatre because I loved the liveness that theatre brings. And mm-hmm. immersive feels like the next step of that, really rooting it in the live moment. Um, mm. I did a lot of work with Bertie. Uh, helping him make a lot of his shows back in the day um, and then struck out on my own to do X Productions which is focusing on game based Mm -hmm. theatre so we started with Revolution which is where I met Owen we came to uh, Mm -hmm. film it Uh, and from there we've colonised Mars we've fixed boxing matches we've voted on AI consciousness Um, but yeah the heart of it is a game that the audience play and with that create a performance mm-hmm. and so were you able to sort of shift online during the pandemic yeah online we started jury duty uh, which came out of an R&D we didn't get some money for a show about uh, environmental uh, what's the word protest so we used that to fund 16 creatives and how to make interactive work online oh, lovely. Uh, which was called cabin fever uh, and out of that grew 
an online show that was all done on Google Docs that kind of toured a couple of uh, festivals, uh, remaking the world from a literal blank page. Mm -hmm. uh, 15 people all creating together, oh. non-verbally. It was great. That's awesome. But a very arty piece. Uh, and then Jury Duty, which uh, has now gone on to be performed over 2,000 times online. Wow. And two extra shows using the same format and we've just today done our first live pop-up version of it. Wow. Uh, our team sped off to Glasgow to go and pop it up for That's a morning super show. Exciting. Which is great fun. Um, and what's your background? Are you do you sort of are you actor trained, theatre trained, game design? <laughs> just went to university to do drama. Uh-huh. Uh, at the Golden City of the North Hull. Uh, oh, excellent. Were you at Hull when the campus was in Scarborough or after they'd moved? After that. So I was in the Gulbenkian, if you know that mm -hmm. theatre there. The yeah. archetypal black box in this country. Yes, it really <laughs> uh, is. And very good total theatre, kind of learning the yeah. lights, direction. Well, actually quite a few stuff. early sort of, I wouldn't call them immersive because they were sort of breathe artists came mm -hmm. out of Hull and quite a few other people who've been not around anymore, unfortunately, as companies, mm -hmm. but have been hugely influential, actually, in some of the practices. So it's interesting that you have that connection yeah. no, definitely. to that course. Even when we were leaving, there were companies that were doing their thing, mm -hmm. very proudly staking their, their, their flag in the ground. So it's lovely to kind of follow that and feel like, oh, it is possible. Mm -hmm. I want to make something cool like this. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, which is good. A good background to have. Yes, yes. Um, I wrote my one of my PhD case studies was about breathe artists. I had a whole chapter about their work and nice. I saw their work a lot of times. They were really lovely girls. They, I really enjoyed their work. Nice. Um, so tell us about Enter. Yeah, Enter. So we, <laughs> this five million pound mansion that we're looking after. Um, we <laughs> yeah, I saw the huge for sale sign So we went to have a look around the back of the building, which is kind of lovely, big open plan office to try and do a show, mm -hmm. just a pop up little. Uh, you have to survive the Christmas, the office party. If you survive that, you keep your job. Everyone else is out of a job. Big, oh. silly fun. Um, super capitalist critique. Uh -huh. uh, that never happened, unfortunately. But instead, they said, do you want the whole building? Uh, we said, sure. What the <laughs> hell do we do with this building? Uh, we now have the Vagina Museum in the back. Uh, uh -huh. And the space has been used downstairs. Follow me. Put on a show, a little immersive show. For two weeks, we've had... Tom Black R&D, an idea using some of the spaces, and it's now open as a co-working artist studio rehearsal space. Wow, fabulous. And so we've been talking a little bit earlier before you came about pop up, the pop-up nature of sort of immersive in the spaces mm -hmm. and precarity. Mm -hmm. So is this something, I'm assuming, with the huge for sale sign outside that is <laughs> temporary or? Hugely temporary. We have no idea we're going to lose it. Uh, we have two weeks notice, so wow. everything is just, yeah. let's say yes to whatever we can, let's yes. get as much stuff in. Uh, yeah. The rent isn't extortionate because of that very short get out time, so we're trying yeah. to make sure that it's easy access post-pandemic for people to kickstart creativity and do some good stuff. I was going to say, what's the mission for this space? Is it just to get work in and get work seen? Get work in, get work seen, prove that it's kind of a concept that people want. Uh, and possibly then use that to find more found spaces that we can offer up to more creatives mm -hmm. and just have that kind of base, the bottom rung, 
yeah. the easy access in for people to explore stuff. Yeah, it's one of the things, um, obviously, because we've been doing lots of other things outside of the podcast, uh, sort of together as well. And um, that's one of the things that's come up, isn't it? Is, is access to space, is access to infrastructure for new and emerging artists, is something that's mm-hmm. really challenging. And it seems actually that all three of your venues are offering sort of routes for emerging artists to be able to get that foothold, to get that experience, but also rubbing shoulders with people who have that expertise and that experience. Mm-hmm. You're sort of nodding away at me there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. almost <laughs> had lots of conversations <laughs> about <laughs> <some> things. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so is that something you think collectively that you're interested in sort of keeping alive is that kind of new generation that's yes, coming through definitely and yeah, yeah. usually and we have we've been trying to cooperate to do it as well yeah. i know mm-hmm. you know we've been sharing sometimes you get requests in for people who want a bit of space that doesn't fit the space you've got mm-hmm. but it's probably going to fit somebody else's space mm-hmm. so being able to share those things between us has been really good um and but yeah that idea of making sure that this work continues to another generation is yeah. hugely hugely important yeah it's yeah. really surprised me how many new people there are wanting to make the work mm-hmm. and they, they are at the start of it and it's really lovely when they mention like Owen's show and they say we saw Owen's show and we want to do this immersive stuff mm-hmm. and you go great so you want to chat to him uh-huh. <laughs> and then we can give you a space <laughs> yeah. and it's like a lovely process now and I think I mean I would have loved it back in the day yeah. can yeah. you imagine I bet yeah. you yeah. and all them lot and Coney would have Mm. loved it back in yes. the day can you imagine someone having but that facility I'd also say it kind of was started by the Colab factory yes yeah I was going to say and yes. very much um, the gunpowder mm-hmm. mm-hmm. plot so I was going to say you operate very differently from traditional theatre in the fact that you are much more collegiate mm-hmm. and much more mm-hmm. of a community there's there's a competition that sits in sort of more traditional theatre yeah, yeah. but yeah. I don't get the sense is part of the immersive scene, certainly not here in London, that sort of competitive. I think I think what we want is to see the ecosystem grow. Mm. You know, and so more people doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you're stealing mm-hmm. the pounds out of somebody else's pocket because no. the audience that is there for this sort of work is very hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they'll go and see something Joe's done, they'll go and see something that I've done or that Bernie's mm-hmm. done as well as, not instead yeah. of. Yes. And so I think that there's that side to it, and I think I think I think there is a little bit of a competitiveness, but in a way of in a way that iron sharpens iron. You know, you mm. you, you want to do you want, it helps all of us to do better work because yes. you're yeah. like I want to make sure what I'm doing is is yeah. good, way yeah, better, good way better yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> and and that kind of thing also helps grow the ecosystem. Then yes, you know, yeah. but in a healthy way. I think that where where it's gone wrong for conventional theatre is that there's just way too much stuff mm-hmm. for the amount of people who are willing to pay for it mm-hmm. yes. and most of that stuff is not very good <laughs> brutally yeah. you no, know? It's true. no it's true um, and it's a very different audience yeah. there is a finite and price point has something to because yeah. mm-hmm. I can afford and culture I think it's, it's to come and see as many of these shows probably as I want to whereas yeah. even some of the larger scale ones I could I have to pick like one a year mm-hmm. maybe yeah. that I want to go to yeah. and West End Theatre is the same yeah. I have to be a lot more selective in what I choose to go yeah. to and this worries me about where sort of the big money immersive stuff is going at the moment yeah there's somebody i know did a little kind of statistical analysis mm-hmm. of uh did a little graph basically of, of pricing for different immersive shows mm-hmm. that have been on either sort of just before or during the pandemic and basically you know, like the, uh, there was uh, i think 
Crisis for Crisis was on there, right down the bottom end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Crooks was on there, right down the bottom end of the spectrum. Because pretty much everybody who's got money behind them was charging 40, 50 quid a ticket mm. plus. plus. That was like the yeah. bare minimum, you know? Yeah. And, and actually, some of them, 75, 100 quid a ticket, mm-hmm. uh, which is just. And then numerous extras on yeah, top yeah, if you want to, yeah. you know, have the right costume, yeah. have Absolutely. the right with you. Pay twenty quid yeah. for a burger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are they talking about there? <laughs> I, I, I just think you know if you if you're going to stretch it out, you really are just appealing to one demographic there. Yeah, at that very point. much so. And I question how much appetite that demographic has long term mm-hmm. to see lots of those things, mm-hmm. particularly if the quality isn't there mm-hmm. on all of them. You know, because um, yeah. because it comes back to what that question, the long long term question: What is immersive? You know, what is immersive? What does it mean to be immersed in something? I would argue we're immersing people in the world of the show. Yes. And I would say most of those big budget people would say, oh, that's what we want to do as well. But what they end up doing is immersing the audience in the set. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's where the bulk of the money's gone. Yes. And the bulk of the time has gone, and the e- emphasis and everything else. Yeah. And sometimes with the when you put less money into it. Mm. That forces you to think more about how are we immersing our audience yeah. in the world of the show, and you do it in more creative ways than just building an elaborate set for people to wander around. And it's always been like that, hasn't it? For the for the fringier ends of the theatre, yeah. they are always mm-hmm. the ones who are ingenious and who mm-hmm. come up with creative solutions because of not yeah, having not having the money to throw it, the yeah. money to do huge sets or and in, have big spaces. And in a world at the moment where set building firms, loads of set building firms, have gone bust, mm-hmm. and the ones that are left are massively oversubscribed for all of the shows that are trying to open at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like we're working on this project Bridgecon at the moment which is a big money project we're really struggling to find people who are going to build our set for the sort of money that we want to pay them to do it um, in that kind of world where, the, where you've got these big money groups whose emphasis has always been on the set is the thing that we're going to spend lavish and yeah. show where we've spent it's our money it's a very literal um, yeah. translation of world building yeah. like world building <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is more than yeah. bricks yeah. and mortar yeah, and no props absolutely 100% so, so I think, you know, that, what you've got there is a potential rail crash of epic proportions mm-hmm. of not being able to afford to do that, to spend it in that way. Mm-hmm. And therefore you have to find mm-hmm. other ways of getting that same visceral reaction from your audience or even a better visceral reaction from them mm-hmm. when, they, when, they, when you incorporate them into the world you're showing a, a more creative less expensive manner. Mm-hmm. And in um, some ways the pop-up nature initially has been really useful in that because it brings like you've talked about this before Owen is that it's a character that mm. that site mm. and those spaces you know basements and carpet factories mm-hmm. and mansion mm. rooms mm-hmm. brings something with them that you yeah. don't necessarily have to pay for in, in mm-hmm. that same way or build yes, and so yes. I think it would be a shame to lose that if everything was constructed yeah. mm-hmm. if everything was fictive yes yeah, in a yeah. way there's something and I whenever I think of immersive it's always that that smell <laughs> that <laughs> basement smell <laughs> the musty damp spores <laughs> somebody needs to make a perfume called immersive musk <laughs> don't they <laughs> they do well apparently um, I spoke to Go Go and Monkey years ago and they use smells in their show mm-hmm. there's a company that make canister smells specifically yeah, yeah. for yeah we've got a paraffin one that does say. the exact thing for, for that 
Yeah, I wonder if they the could tavern, do like, yeah, the, the taverns melt better. There's a gap in the market there. Maybe we could like develop a perfume and then we can sell it at night. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be Instead of £20 burgers, we could sell like £10 bottles of like, <laughs> smelly basement. A massive mask. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that does give me hope about those, that big player thing is, is Punch Trunk being back. Mm. Um, because, you know, because mm-hmm. they they are authentic in how they approach the space. They are, you know, yes. and they do stuff very differently to some of the bigger, bigger scale imitators, maybe. Um, so that that definitely, you know, there's 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 something good there to grasp onto. I think, well, they come from scale. that physical theatre tradition, don't they? Which is about touch and tactile, yes. and is about the mm-hmm. way that bodies intersect with bodies and space mm. and so I think their work is site responsive and mm. I think it's a lack of understanding of actual punch drunk's processes mm. that mm. has led to some of the more what I might mm. call plastic mm. yeah. presentations that sit in that realm yeah. even above their yeah. price point. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so I think it's that, that, but maybe that's because of some of the secrecy that has surrounded. And I understand that, yeah, for lots of different reasons. Well, this, it's an interesting culture shift, I think, between that sort of first generation, if it is first generation, yeah. to where we, we, we are. There is, a, there is a, sh- a shift in emphasis on, you know, we're going to be secret over here and just mm-hmm. do our thing and not talk to anybody. Uh-huh. Whereas we've kind of responded to that by being, well, we are going to all talk to yeah. each other, thanks. Because, you know, yeah. that's... And to be fair to Manchester, it's not that they haven't, Ever talk to no, because they have all their enrichment work. And yeah, they, and, and they, 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 they have that. reached out and engaged in the past with other other groups, and that's yeah. brilliant. But there is a out of a desire to defend that sense of mm. mystique mm-hmm. has meant that some things are just not easily shared, and yeah. uh, and practice doesn't grow. Mm. You know, like we all need to borrow from each other all the time and take the best ideas and, and then glue them together with other good ideas, yeah. and because otherwise the, the sector doesn't evolve you know no. I mean, if you look at actor training all of the significant practitioners and companies and approaches that have had longevity and yeah. have gained cultural sort of currency and heritage is because they've actually shared their mm. approaches in mm. an educational or actor training yes. way yes. Mm-hmm. and that that creates it keeps some of the mystique yeah but it also creates that cultural visibility, doesn't it, over a longer period of time. And in yeah. some ways, and I know you're all doing that, you're starting to do masterclasses and workshops and sharing those professional development skills. And I think it's that is going to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to build that mm-hmm. kind of knowledge transfer, mm-hmm. which I, uh, we're already seeing, you know, the large scale companies are struggling to cast. Mm-hmm. Because we're such a small mm-hmm. community, yeah. there's not enough coming through. There's, I mean, yep. unis are only just starting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've included it in my curriculum for a long time, but that's because mm-hmm. it's what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. But I haven't always had the resource mm-hmm. to give my students resources mm-hmm. to learn some of these skills. Mm-hmm. And so I think that needs to start to happen, because like you said, there's these bigger and bigger shows that require bigger, bigger casts, and if they're going to start to become more permanent fixtures, they're going to need rotatable yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. casts, yeah, yeah, yeah. rotatable crew. Yeah. And how, how do you how do you man that yeah, yeah. or woman that or person that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because there's still quite a small amount of audience. And like you're saying about, I've been talking to a Especially few people actors. going punch drums opening soon, and they go who? And they go, yeah, you. It's wild, like, isn't it? And it is yeah. Yeah. Like, I've forgotten yeah. a lot of people like normal people who aren't in. I forget that there's normies, aren't there? And it is like this yeah. thing, and it's that's why I think ecosystem is quite nice because there's a growing amount of audience, and mm. as soon as you see a, an immersive show touch wood you hopefully like it most people but i think it is that kind of like 
why we want to sort of skill share and sort of share as much and be and communicate as much because you want other people's shows to be as best as they can be. Yes. Because and then it makes yeah. those audience go back to another theatre show and yes. then that show hopefully be the best it can be. Yeah. And if well, that happens across the board, but then you get to a big scale show, that's when hopefully it will do it rather than going to the big scale show and being put off. It's how you can try and capture people on the way down. Yes. And then build them yeah. back up. Because if you go to a shit piece of theatre, mm. especially if you're a theatre goer, mm. you're not going to write off theatre. Mm. But the thing about immersive is it's, it's, it's embodied and it's emotional in a way that traditional theatre isn't. And so I think mm-hmm. if you have a bad experience, okay. it can literally... So I'm never going to yeah, an immersive show again. Yeah. So also, then if, like you said, you know, if they're good and we can raise the quality so that everyone is yeah. having a sort of minimum requirement of good experience, yeah. they'll, they'll get the bug and they'll yeah. want to so, come over and over. Yeah. And being able to offer space that you can program mm. carefully and that you can support the people you've programmed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to yes. get the best out of them, you know, to enable them to do the best work they can. I think that's mm-hmm. a great way of trying to make sure that that quality is there you mm-hmm. know um, yeah. and we can't say too much because there's th- there, there are things um, going on behind the scenes at the moment with us that we're putting together to try to sort of raise that visibility mm. raise that cultural currency and I will share with listeners once things are a little bit more uh, firmed up and we can talk about it but that that work is starting to be done to start to build that infrastructure to start to build those training opportunities mm. those knowledge sharing opportunities and I think that that starts in some ways with what you three mm. have achieved and what you have done mm-hmm. is making these concrete spaces mm-hmm. that can start to bring people in and people can congregate in and audiences can start to recognise and touch base with mm. and so I hope this is kind of the start of seeing more sort of yeah. bricks and mortar yeah. mm-hmm. Spaces. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. 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 Do you think Bethnal Green is going to become the new Bernard? Yeah, the new home. It's yeah. creepy how it close we're in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're looking at those down. Yeah, literally there. Yeah, because yeah, so we're in Enter. You came on your bike, Bertie, yeah. so you're definitely not that far not away. Far and away. Oh, and your yeah. venue's, what, 14 minutes walk yeah. from if here? That, yeah, 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 it's very close. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of... I, I think it's just where the area is at the moment. There's mm. a lot of property that's available relatively yeah. inexpensively and... You know the council is open to this sort of thing, mm-hmm. so that helps. Um, mm-hmm. But that can shift as well. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily because I, I think it's better saying that like, land was get wise, don't they? they Particularly do, in a certain area, and especially mm-hmm. in the, down in Borough and yeah. South Southwark, they're all starting to. Yeah. I was going to say the catch on a bit and all the estate. It's annoying because it's mostly estate agents that see the money. Yeah. <laughs> and they sort of then. Because they've got more facilities to be able to mm-hmm. get space, it's a bit more you're competing against. Yeah. Yeah. I think if so you move around London a bit, yeah, there are places that I haven't. Think, like, like definitely green. It's not it's a separate great area for. Yeah, there's so many maps I've do. seen. Even just walking from the station yeah. over to here, there's so many huge, yeah, kind of lovely places, spaces that are clearly empty yeah. as well. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. It is a weird echo, isn't it? Of we've made work cheaply. Mm-hmm. and immerse people's minds rather than in space and that same thing's happening with the actual spaces that we're now using that yes. we find the cheap stuff to try and enable as yeah. much as possible yeah um 
let's hope it still works. And yeah. all unusual spaces, that has to be said as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yours is, the, you know, the crypts literally of a church. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, a, a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and yours is an, an old tavern. It's, it's a, a pub. There's a well in the basement. Is there a well in the basement? Yeah, there's a well. 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 Yeah. So can yeah. you drink it then? I mean, you I could. I really <laughs> 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 Not if you want to live. Not if you want to live. But if we ever get sieged, we'll be fine for a while. <laughs> okay, okay. Just get some of those straws you yeah. can drink. <laughs> Filter out. Stash a few down yeah. there and we'll be okay. <laughs> but they're, they're all refunctioned space. And mm, I think, again, yes. that's really indicative of, of the ethos of this yeah. kind of work, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. happening in spaces that don't have that connection necessarily to sort of the art art mm. in sort of, you know, the West End. Well, I think it's like you were saying, it is, it's a bit more boring if it's like flat if it was an empty warehouse space full of flats mm. ir- ironically fair enough it's <laughs> 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 like, kind of like Where not as in I don't know right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that it, it's not as I don't know I don't want to name any names but it's always whenever you see like a set that's all just set and it doesn't feel real mm-hmm. it never quite feels as immersive I don't think as it is like a normal like regular building yeah but again it's, it's we've been forced into that because of price points we've yeah, all, exactly. we've yeah, all yeah. avoided traditional yeah. theatre because because low audience numbers we can't get in there as well I mean, that's yeah. an absolutely good point yeah um, even twinning with when you've got all the, the stuff and just like do you want to help mm-hmm. us out it's still hard to get through that but again through that necessity of price point mm. we've now got the point where we know the musk mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. which is a lovely moment and how to keep that, that at the heart in some yeah. ways as mm-hmm. things develop as yes. infrastructure starts to be built but keeping that that pop-up diy mm-hmm. reframing kind of yeah. ethos because mm-hmm. that's where the vitality and energy mm-hmm. certainly for me as audience and even as a maker i mean i'm the same i the reason I don't make work in theatres is because I do one-on-one and mm-hmm. there's no way in a million years they're going to yeah. programme my work. Yeah. <laughs> the economics of it is really interesting, isn't it? Like, I'm really hopeful that in this next kind of however many years, this next season of time, that smaller scale immersive theatre will prove itself to be mm-hmm. economically viable yes. you know, to, to people who want to invest serious money. Yeah. Um, because I think it can be Yes. Um, and I think we are moving towards an experience-based yeah. yes. entertainment. And yes. we've all in, uh, like, d- devoured Netflix over the last mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. and all of the other streaming services. Um, and it is dull. Uh, yeah. It's dull now. I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long, just looking through everything, and I can't Waiting. decide what to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't want to watch like, anything. Let's pick something like, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's, it's like, don't pick things for me. I was a bit nervous opening up. You know, this last week, like, were we going to get audiences turn out? And mm-hmm. uh, certainly, one of the one of the shows, Circus in the Bottle, is pretty much sold out now. Yeah, and yeah. The other I, one is I tried to get a quick, ticket. Yeah, <laughs> which is really encouraging because yes. I think people are hungry for it. They do want to come out of their yes. houses. They do want to, you know, do do that things. That is the interesting thing because as yeah. even with the the sort of punch drunk scale, mm. you know, punch drunk yeah, sell, out sell, sell out and sell out and sell out and sell out. Trying to get a ticket sometimes. It's really hard. Yeah. And I've just signed up for the 25 quid thing. Yeah, same. Yeah. But there is literally no way I'm going to get one of those no, tickets because no. they will be gone, gone in, in like seconds. three seconds yeah. of that being yeah. launched yeah. every week. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out ways that I can potentially go as research. Sneak <laughs> 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 it. It's wearing a cloak and a mask and then just sort of walk in. But I am nervous because I've heard what I see in the Punch Drunk Lovers group. Mm-hmm. I don't like the chasing down thing. Yeah. I find that 
annoying. Mm. It disrupts my experience. Really, I found it really weird. When it was the even worse in the it, States. Oh, and it seems to have sort of come over here. And, yeah, yeah. and I can already see people talking about how they do that in the mm. Facebook group. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be Yeah, it's the chase of the one-to-one thing. is. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I don't think they're, they're hardly running any one-to-ones because they're still... Yeah, well, that's, yeah. it's still that's actually quite previewing, nice. isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a nice experience to be able to walk around and not have people. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it sort of shows the yeah. fault in the show mechanics. Yeah, or in that model. That yeah, mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing to manage, I think, isn't it? It's and funny, it though, because everyone nice wants people. to do a one-on-one in a punch-drunk show, but exactly. sometimes yeah. one-on-one work is it's so difficult to persuade mm-hmm. producers yeah. that people want it. It's like, well, everyone wants to do it in a punch-drunk show, and especially their early work. It wasn't even them that did the one-on-ones. They commissioned... Mm-hmm artists who make one-on-one work to do those one-on-ones mm. in their shows. And so I think it's so interesting that one-on-one, mm. I, I just, I get a bit rebellious. I just get dismissed all the time. Problem, yeah. It's part of it as well, the structure, you know, it's hard making a structure for a for mm. theatre. It's real, real hard. Like, yeah. It's like probably the hardest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get something unique, it's so worth it. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're if you're using the essentially recycling essentially the same structure over and over and over again, mm-hmm. the audience get used to that structure and yes. they start finding the points well, in that structure. Well, they get behaviours as well, don't yeah. they? It trains so, them, yeah, sort of. That's it. So, so you, well, that's just basically what you're seeing with the mask shows is people have learned, oh, okay, so there are one-to-ones and if you do this behaving in a certain way, you're more likely to get one. To get one, yeah. So they gain the system. Actually, probably what it needs is a rethink of the structure mm-hmm. so that essentially you're delivering the same experience, but, you know, in that just Hollywood way, it's the same thing, but yeah, different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's different enough that the audience don't immediately clock what they've got to do to get the outcome they want so mm-hmm. they can't gain the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's easier said yeah, than done. You know? Yes, <laughs> it is. Especially, you know, that is a mammoth. Yeah. yeah. Especially that city that's on at the moment. I, yeah, I think it's Excel their thing. biggest design. I've not been yet. But I think, you know, this is the thing with with smaller companies you know we're, we're that thing where we're, we're learning from each other we're not being secretive with each other we're sharing things and we're trying to always improve mm-hmm. and find new and interesting ways of doing stuff that's where that is an advantage because you do keep modifying and changing the structures and updating things and adding in new stuff and it keeps the audience on their toes yeah. in a way that isn't going to happen if you're the only company that make work in that style and you always do it the same way yeah. and nobody else knows how you do it like yeah. actually it it's going to stagnate then, doesn't yeah. It, really? yeah that's it where they're losing out from being some of the adventurousness I think that sits yeah. at the heart of that yeah. that's why I think I like and I think all of your work probably has this at the heart of it that more gamified mm. because there are structures and there are mm. mechanics that underpin those but they are always hidden but it's it's that genuine possibility of affect for the audience and an actual impact of choices and sort of playing even if it's lots of mini games within a mm. wider game structure that keep that feeling fresh and mm-hmm. exciting and there's a reason people go back to board games over yeah. and over because the board game doesn't change yeah. the mechanic of the game stays the same but because those mechanics facilitate and enable play mm. that is what then creates the possibility mm. of difference isn't it yes. and of change and of something exciting yeah. mm-hmm. happening and I, I think we have to be super careful at that, that top end not to fix some of those things too much so that yeah. it becomes yeah. Yeah. we want to stay nimble it's, it's like Hollywood I've said I think I've said this before but it's like Hollywood and, and you know Punish Trump making their incredible work Mm. Feels a bit like the very first films, you know, silent mm-hmm. movies. Yes, and it's something mostly, is what yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I think what we've come done, 
from done as a next generation is to, mm. to essentially invent the talkies. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, <laughs> I love colours. That's it. So it iterates on the form, but it's yes. still essentially the same form. Yeah. But uh, they say in Hollywood, the, there's a couple of maxims. One of them is nobody knows anything, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. There's always a disruptive influence that's going to come along at any time and mm-hmm. completely upset everything and mm-hmm. with something new. Um, and, uh, and as well, I think... Uh, um, the the other one was 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 give me the same thing only different, you know you get people producing give me the same thing only different. I want Back to the Future again, but it mm-hmm. needs to be different enough that people don't mm-hmm. spot that it's Back to the Future. <laughs> and, uh, and, to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's not just about content; right. it's also about structure. structure it's about yes. other yeah. stuff, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, but but I, th- I think the danger of isolating yourself is that you can stagnate, which yes. is why I think you know. We, we, what we're trying to do this with these different venues is to, to, to reach out to people who want to make this kind of work and say, well, let's, let's come and learn from each other. And there's always going to be that disruptive influence that suddenly shows up yeah, from nowhere, does something incredible that you've never thought of, and suddenly, you know, I wish I had given him a space now. While you have these spaces, because yeah. as we have talked about, there is always that sort of precarity, what is the best way for people to? find out about you, find out about what's going on and sort of keep their finger on the pulse. Uh, sort of you, Bertie. So where's, where are the social best ways media. to... Social media. And mailing list. And your mailing list. And um, is, are they accessible through your website? Yeah. www.colabtheatre.co.uk Lovely. Sign up for all the inside goss. Excellent. I'm on the mailing list. And, uh, yeah, I get lots and lots of stuff through. Wonderful updates. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, and actually, also, if you're in London, you all use kind yeah. of Design My Night and those yeah, sorts, sorts of, of things. things. And also, well. I think, get in touch. I, I realised I got a lot of my stuff early on by just getting in touch yeah. and not mm-hmm. thinking the system was a machine and yes. sort of realising humans are in more positions and yes yeah. they're an artistic director of the national but they but are human beings they might respond to you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you say hello <laughs> well, I think even just saying that so, to everyone who's yeah. listening is, is really great because I think sometimes people do think there's some kind of Barrier, invisible yeah, yeah. barrier there, but if people want the worst they'll do is ignore you, yeah, and that's fine, yeah. and they probably will. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know. So, you're very open to people reaching out and getting yeah, in get touch, in touch. Yeah. brilliant. Joe, how about you? What's the best ways to, yeah, social media again, or there is a nice little mail in from the site entervenue.co.uk mm-hmm. uh, that'll get straight through to us, and we can happily have chats about getting people in, or we have a cafe that is open 10 till 6 mm-hmm. Monday to Saturday. So Perfect. just drop in, say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're very welcome. And there's good coffee. There is good coffee. Mm, is we can all vouch for that. We've yep. all sat here with our empty really cups really now. Nice <laughs> <laughs> and Owen. Uh, you can go on our website. Uh, there's a contact thing on our website. You can just send us a, a message via that. Or just email me, owen at parabolictheatre.co.uk. Um, I, it's always I, I always thought when I started out theatre that nobody's ever going to want to hear from me and they'd just be annoyed if I email them yes, yeah. Yeah. but yes, actually hey. I feel the opposite it's, nice. yeah, it's, it's really exciting. nice to get emails from people and, and yeah, hello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and just yeah have a little chat basically and uh-huh. um, that's that's probably that is probably the best way just, just drop us an email okay. um, yeah. yeah brilliant and um, there is lots of stuff on Owen you have picked up some of the things that were going to be on at the Vaults Couple Festival of them. yeah yeah. so it was one show and then one company who were going to do a different show at Vaults and now they're doing something else with us but mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to offer them 
somebody in London. And I saw on the website there's programming pretty much going all the way through to the end of July. That, the so moment, yeah, at the moment right? the stuff on the website goes through to the end of July. Actually, to the end of September. Is it September? I think. Yeah. yeah. But we are yeah we are sort of tentatively booked up till Christmas with maybe a couple of small gaps in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you've got a project, get in touch. Because we, you know, even if we can't do it, yeah. crypts, we, one of these guys can pick it up. Well, if you want to come see shows, yeah. come mm-hmm. down. Yeah. They're really, 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 really affordably priced as well, yeah. which I think is really great. Joe, have you got anything sort of planned that's coming up? Because of how unknown our timescale is here, it's very mm-hmm. much we're come to us, develop the show, and then, and talk then take, to it. Our, okay. take it straight over to us. That's great. So you're yeah. sort of operating as a sort of developmental conduit space. Yes, sort of very much so. R&D space, uh, and obviously anyone that R&Ds, we encourage sharing. So those are great things to come down to, yes. to kind of dive into. And if your audience, uh, especially if you are a tenacious audience, come down for a coffee and you'll probably see lots of immersive creators milling around and doing stuff down here so mm-hmm. if you want to accidentally bump into people yes. it seems yeah. like this is a good place you know to that's, be that's one of the biggest things I missed over lockdown is just yeah. being able to have casual chats with people yes. you know, we, we, had, we always had a show on at uh, Colab Factory pretty much or we were around there most of the time yeah. so just hanging out and chatting to people who were there yeah. either mm-hmm. coming down to see a show or performing in a different show yeah. that's one of the things I missed the most yeah. because stuff comes out of those conversations yes. you know? even um, you had when I came down to talk to someone at the factory it was quite a long time ago now there were two very famous people using it as a rehearsal space someone from the National with a very big name star I shan't say who they were but they were doing a rehearsed reading in there oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were just there when yeah. I came just down to, to chat to someone. Oh. So that was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and Bertie, <laughs> what's going on at the tavern at the moment? So we've got Viper Squad. That's going to be on, well, preliminarily to May. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then when's it going out? When When's this going to be? Um, Probably tomorrow. Oh, okay. Then there might be something else after that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's um, definitely stuff in development yeah, that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be the same. We've got a program to December probably. Excellent. And um, I want to thank you all for giving me your time because I know you're all super busy and, you know, only just opened up your venue yeah. literally yesterday. <laughs> and I know you're really busy, Joe, and so you Bert, uh, Bertie. So yeah. uh, we're actually all going to be walking down probably to the crypt very shortly and probably seeing shows this evening. So mm-hmm. we're very lucky. Um, for those of you listening, I'm sorry that you're not. But uh, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. And it will definitely not be the last time that we have a conversation. And certainly probably not on tape. So thank you very <laughs> much. Great. Right. Thank, thank you me. very much. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. It was really, really lovely to chat with uh, Owen and Bertie again and to chat with Joe for the first time. Uh, Obviously, we were talking about venues and I'm hoping at some point in the future to pick up and have a a further conversation with Joe about the creative work that he makes rather than the ways in which he facilitates other people to make their work. Uh, I'm very, very aware as well, of course, that the discussions were extremely localised. They were very London-centric and actually almost kind of, you know, Bethnal Green-centric. So um, I am aware of that and I'm hoping to speak to people who are operating in different parts of the country. I have some leads that I am going to be uh, following up. So potentially bringing some artists for you to listen to who are operating outside of London, which will be really lovely. But again, 
no promises. I'm juggling a gazillion balls at the moment of lots of different things that, again, as per usual with Immersive, are a little bit secret right now. But as soon as I can tell you about them, I absolutely promise I will. And of course, this episode is coming to you by the skin of its teeth in March. <laughs> and um, as I promised it would. So I'm really, really hoping that I can also get another episode out to you in April as well. Uh, I'm not sure when that will be or who that will be with. But again, like I said, some hot leads that I am trying to follow up, which is really exciting. As ever, I really, really do love to hear from you. So if you are someone you think I should be coming to see your work and you think I should be talking to you, reach out and get in touch. It's uh, Joanna Bucknell. And you can, if you Google me, my work email will come up, my performance emails come up um, quite sort of at the top of Google. So you can access me there in many, many different ways. And I love to hear from you. If you are someone that would like to talk to me and you want me to see your work, or if you're just someone who listens and you really, really just want to share, share your thoughts uh, uh, about the resource and about the podcast, I love to hear that too. Right. As I said, a million things to do. So I'm going to leave it there for now and uh, pick it up with you again in April. <laughs>